Welcome to the Impact Masters Commission Bible Study Podcast. Join us as we study the Bible verse by verse. I'm your host, Pastor Josh Hawkins. We're going to have some deep, thoughtful, and hopefully helpful discussions to try and discover together what it means to be the followers of Jesus. The post that I made on Facebook was actually just a retweet of something I saw on Twitter, which I I wholeheartedly agree with. And it says, the idea that sex can ever be quote unquote casual is one of the most one of the single most cruel damaging lies that our culture tells people. It is a dehumanizing concept that takes the most physically, emotionally, and spiritually intimate moments that humans can engage in and recasts it in a framing that expunges soul from body and treats as a mere material object to give and receive pleasure. I said, all of our misunderstandings about sex and human sexuality spring from this one idea. Um, and I stand by that statement. Did, did, did you follow everything that the person said there? Okay. The idea is, and this is, I honestly believe with all of my heart, the problem our culture has with sex including everything we have to say about LGBTQ, about transgender, about all of it. The biggest problem that our culture... Well, now transgender is probably a separate issue. I'll put that. Um, but the LGBTQ stuff... For me, I, I think the big problem we have is that we believe that there is such a thing as sex without consequences. Or in other words, casual sex. Yeah. Like you can have a sexual encounter with another human being and that it will not affect you in some way. I think that's complete and utter foolishness. Um, I think what we have done... Hello, thank you. I think what we have done... We have robbed sex of its power of its importance. We have robbed sex of everything God put into it. And so, of course, we have no idea what to do with it. And, of course, we're going to fight over who's having sex with who and why it's a good idea or a bad idea. I, I, I think way more important than our conversation of about who you're having sex with, our conversation should be about what this thing actually is. And everything that takes place in your body, in your mind, in your spirit, in the midst of a sexual encounter. And I think if we really, like, if, if we helped people understand how powerful this thing is, they would treat it much more carefully. They wouldn't just, you know, nobody would, would, do you think that if, if, you know, you happened upon a nuclear weapon, that you would just kick it? 
<laughs> hey, nuclear weapon! Bang! You know, to be honest, what? I'll be like, oh, now, 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 now. So it depends on how I'm feeling that day. I'm like, I'm on a wheel now. Oh, I know where I'm going. On a wheel now. See, it's being honest. Like, if I'm in a bad mood, I see a nuke. Oh, something's going. Goodbye. <laughs> like, if I'm like, whoa, a nuke. Then I'll be like, oh, I need to hide it. I, th- I think that's easy for you to say sitting in this room. But I think if you were standing in front of an actual nuclear weapon, <laughs> you would be thinking something. It depends on, there's smaller ones. There are small ones. But, the, but no, knowing, knowing what it could do, okay? Or it's like the people that, you know, I, um, I think the same way around guns, right? Okay, that this is not a thing... I grew up in a home with guns. My dad is a hunter. I hunted with him. I know how to use a gun. I understand how they work. And the very first thing that my dad ever told me about guns was, this is not a toy. Yeah. Right? And don't ever point this at anyone. Yeah, you point it up. You know, you point it at the ground or you point it into the sky. This is not. This is not something. This is something to be treated carefully, respectfully, because it is powerful. If I handed you a high, high tension power line, right, that could literally fry you just by touching it wrong, you wouldn't screw around with it. And yet, the most power, arguably, the most powerful force in, in, human, in the human body and culture, we treat it with zero to little respect. This is, this is how human lives are created. And this can absolutely end human lives. It can change your whole life in a matter of minutes. No, that's true, though. It is true. Trust me. Sex is an incredibly powerful thing. And to, to treat it as anything less than that. Now, powerful both for... It's powerful which means it can be really effective in beautiful, wonderful ways. But also means it can be really destructive. And it's all, that all, that's all effective or destructive is, you know, is, is up to you and how you approach it and what you do with it. I, you know, a, a, a thriving sex life is an important part of, of healthy marriage most of the time. Of course, there are people that are physically incapable of sex and other kinds of things. And so I'm not going to say that sex absolutely doesn't work without marriage. But most of the time, it's, an, it's a very important part of mar- making marriage work. Right? But it can also destroy marriage if you just don't. Again, this is an incredibly powerful thing. If I handed you a vial full of some explosive, like... Hey, if you even barely move, this is going to blow your hand off. So you've got to be super careful, right? It is easy to laugh and kind of be like, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't care, whatever, until you've been in that moment. Because you never have. I would be so, like, if you give me a bomb, like, if you drop this, the whole world's going to blow up. You know how careful I'd be? I'd be like, Well, that's the whole thing. Yeah. And you, if you look at the people that actually did work with nuclear weapons, etc., they, they're, the amount of stress 
that was put upon that they felt, you know, as they're dealing with these kinds of things was just astronomical, right? There were tests that they did where they would have, you know, these guys sitting in the nuclear silo, right? They're the ones in charge of this nuclear missile. And they would run a test to see if those guys would actually fire the weapon or not. And about 78% of the time, I'm making up that statistic, but it was, a high, it was a high number. They wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it. Because they know what, what they're doing and they would never be able to live with themselves. So they would run these tests like it was real. And they literally had like orders. If the other person is not going to turn their key, you have to shoot them and turn it for them. Whoa. Yeah. How else are you going to get people to actually blow up a billion people or whatever? A little bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. Me personally, personally, if I knew that they were just going to get blown up anyway, right? But I'm also going to die with them. I'm turning that key. I'm not going to lie. So if I knew if, like, my options are turn the key, kill them, or don't turn the key, get shot, they still die. Right. Have you ever heard of that thought, that thought experiment, like somebody brings you a button? And says, every time you press this button, a million dollars gets put in your bank account. But one person somewhere in the world also dies. And you don't know who it is. A million dollars? And every time you press Every time you push it, someone dies. And, and every time you push it, a million dollars gets put in your yeah, bank account. Yeah, it'd be like some Tax-free. So it could be like your best friend. It could be your mom. It could be anyone. could be literally anyone. But that's the problem. If you never find out who it is, then uh, who cares? But what if it's your mom? What if it's your brother, your sister? What if it's your boyfriend, your girlfriend, son? There's got to be somebody in the world that you care about enough to realize that killing someone's not okay. Dude, I want to, yeah. I just can't think. If I post a photo and my mom died, I could not live for myself. It sounds really good to just push a button, make a million dollars, and hopefully not nobody to the person it. But then you, then if you think about it too hard, it's like, oh. This is somebody's love. Exactly. I don't think that's thinking too hard. I think that's thinking exactly the right amount of hard. Because we're dealing with human lives here. And obviously this is a theoretical situation. Once again, it's easy for us in this moment to be like, shoot, just push it once. Who knows? Well, maybe be a bad person that dies. Right? You know? But at the same time, that's a human being. That reminded me of... When I went to North Central, there was, in my psychology class, we watched a video. I kind of remember, kind of not, because I was really not paying attention that much. But there was a video where, like, they were in a room, and it'd be strangers um, in a room, sending across, like, the guy who was in on it. And they're like, every time you press the button, this guy gets shocked. Um, and, like, I forgot, like, what happened, but, like, they made it seem like... Uh, 
that was bad, but like most people kept like going and going because that's what they were told to do. And that was insane until like they realized it was like almost like death thing to us. They never stopped, but because like the guy was an actor that was getting shocked, so like he was. Yeah, and he's in the other room going, go! And then he would stop making noise. And they would be like, like he would say things like, no, I have a heart condition. Like, and then he would stop making noise and they would just keep pressing the button. Right? Yeah, that's a sick, twisted thing. But back to this general reality. Okay. And this is the thing that I used to try. Because like the purity culture thing, I understand the reasoning behind it. I really do. Sex is, is, is has the capacity to be really, really destructive uh, uh, if it is not approached with wisdom and grace and understanding. Um, but what? But we did it completely wrong. <laughs> we either made... We, we sim- somehow simultaneously made sex both gross and the one thing that is going to fulfill you for the rest of your life. Somehow we did that. I don't know how we did that, but we did. Because, you know, sex is going to, sex now would defile you, but later on, after you get married, you're going to have this amazing sex life where, you know, blah, 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 right? That, that was the, those were the twin messages that I received. If you have sex, you're going to be, you are violated, you are dirty and horrible and blah, 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 blah. And then I, but then at the same time, I received the message, but once you get married, all bets are off and it's going to be this amazing sexual romp for the rest of your life, right? And I think both of those messages were stupid and, and twisted and backward. What I would like people to do is to invite me into thinking about this component of my life. That is a component of my life. I am a sexual being. So are you. This is something God created in me. And God created it for a purpose. And a, and, and a use of this aspect of my life that... that ignores its power is going to be destructive for me. It's going to rob from me. It's going to steal from me. I I wish that was the level of conversation we had had where I'm invited into seeing this thing as potentially one, you know, just a, a really, a thing that needs to be treated with care and respect and, you know, I also, you know, uh, I think we need to be honest with with people about how much of life is actually about sex, which is not much. Sorry if that's disappointing to you. But if we think about, like, percentages... It's like, I know, like, when I was in high school, at least, like, a lot of people, like, would be, um, especially in relationships, and I see it, like, 
every like relationships, people think, oh, like you have to have a sex to do, have a good dating relationship, but like, you know, one night stands all that, like that matters mostly in a relationship. And I've seen like, and I had talks with my friends over that too. I'm like, the main thing, the important thing in a relationship is not about sex, but like a lot of people think that. And like, I was in high school, I was talking to this girl. And I thought, like, oh my goodness, I would like her. But she found out that I was a person, and she's like, nah, you have a low body count. And at first, I was hooked from that. Then I realized, I was like, man, I ain't chasing that at all. Like, yeah. I'm like, I'm chasing, like, if she thinks I have a low body count, then that's the whole problem because, like. Right. Why, why is that even a part of, of a conversation about whether or not she wants to date you? That's my question. Here's the thing. It's nowadays you will be in the mall minding your business and somebody with a mini microphone walk up to you and be like, hey, what's your body count? You say too low or you say too high, you're, cr- you're ridiculed. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. if it's too it's, low, too high. Yeah, and personally, crazy. I would never judge somebody based off their body count. Yeah, well, it's obviously. It's their business. No, it's, it's funny because that same girl who asked me that now has two babies, both with different daddies. Right. Like, well, so what like, happens? Like... But like, no. But okay, so let's look at that situation. Yeah. Is it possible for her to be a a good mother? Of course. Is it possible for those kids to grow up, you know, in a relatively healthy life, you know, life and family atmosphere? Sure. Yeah. But there is still something really broken here. Yeah. I don't think I wouldn't blame her right away. Yeah. I would Uh blame the culture of what she was raised in. I'm like. I'm not blaming anybody. I'm just naming the truth. Yeah. I'm not putting the blame on her. Uh, maybe Josh was. <laughs> I'm not, but I'm not. I told her, I was like, you know, frightening with someone you don't like. Like, she's normal, and that's what happened. Like, I don't, I don't know the situation. Okay, I really don't. What I do know is that as human beings, uh, we have a deep biological need to be connected with our parents. I don't think that's going to, if indeed those two kids are connected with their biological fathers, um, that's a really difficult relationship, right? Yeah. I'm, it's going to be. There's no way around it. You know, what my friend is trying to say is the only reason it's difficult is because there's all these people outside of it pointing at it saying that's difficult or that's wrong or that's bad. As if that's all that makes it difficult. But I've been in those conversations. I've been in the midst of these families. I've watched these kids grow up. I've sat with them and had them say things to me like, why, didn't, why isn't my dad a part of my life? What was wrong with me that he didn't want to be a part of my life? And obviously, there's nothing wrong with him. But that's still the narrative that goes on in this kid's head. Yeah. I had a kid say, my mommy doesn't love me anymore because she doesn't come and see me. And that just shattered my heart. Nobody told that kid that. No. No. And it doesn't matter how many times you tell them that that's not true. Right. It still lives there. Yeah. And that kid is going to be dealing with the ramifications of that. Just everything that happened. How many choices are they going to make? Yeah. I I mean, I still have issues with that. And my dad left when I was stupid. Right. I'm 20 years old. This is 17 years worth of pain that I'm still dealing with. Right. 
And that's just the way, that's, that's, I have seen too much to think that, that sex can be treated without a huge dollop of respect and care. This is something we have to be really careful with. This is an incredibly powerful thing. And if we, if we aren't really thoughtful and careful about every single thing. I mean, I haven't, we haven't even gone into what it's like for people who have been sexually abused, for people who have, you know, who, who you know, the, the, the idea of like, you know, a date rape situation. Well, they didn't really want to, but they didn't feel like they could say no. You know, I mean, there's so many, there's a thousand different things we could talk about, all of which come directly from this idea that sex is just a physical thing that takes place. And that it doesn't reach into every part of the human being. It does. You know, my friend's trying to say that, well, if two people are okay and they're fine with things being casual and, and whatever, and it's okay and their culture says it's okay, then this can happen and, and nothing bad's going to come of it. I think... I, I'm just... That's a lot of ifs, first of all. But second of all, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I think, like, a problem is, is that, like, our society, is, like, our generation is, like, we put, like, sex is okay thing. It's a common thing that, you know... Because in high school, I got made fun of being a person, and I'm like, jokes mm-hmm. on you. Like, I, I know the consequences, but like, um, we live in a society where, like, oh, like, you know, you have to have sex, like, oh, to like have connection or feel something, like, all, all this, like, crap. And like, I feel like um, a lot of it has to do with, like, well, people not, like, knowing the causes of it but like also um i don't want to necessarily like because like you know sex before marriage is just sin but like um and i guess like that could be one of the other reasons is like you know they and me talking but like i don't really in like big situations like that i don't necessarily like blaming they and me if that makes sense yeah like, well okay let me say this I hate the word sin. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah. I hate the word sin. You want to know why? I don't think it's helpful. Okay. I think, I think the word sin gets in the way of us thinking clearly about things. Okay. As soon as we say, you know, sex before marriage is a sin, we, we, we are spiritualizing it and we're not paying attention to it's very real and practical effect. Okay. So I don't like the word sin because we have churchified it way too much. So I, ne- I almost never use it. I just don't. I think as soon as you say the word sin, people shut their brains off. Because what I would like you to do is think more deeply about this. Okay. Let's think about, let's think about sex and how powerful it is 
And all of the ways that sex misused can negatively affect a human life. Now, is that thought process more powerful than sex is a sin? To me, it is. Because not everybody really cares. Right. Exactly. Oh, you just, you just, you know, you're just a God person and you just want to take away all my fun, blah, 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 blah. But when I say to you, no, honestly, this is a dangerous activity. Like, it's just not a good idea. That's a whole different conversation. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so, no, I don't. What the enemy did was the enemy made this. The, the enemy made this a God issue and not a Josh issue. Why should you avoid sin? Because God says not to. That's never a good enough reason for anybody. It's never been. Adam and Eve, it wasn't a good enough reason. Hey, don't eat that fruit. And what did they tell? What did they say to Satan? Well, God says not to. Did it work? No, it didn't work. Want to know why? Because they weren't, they didn't have an understanding of of what was going to happen. And I I really think that sin, I, I just don't like the word. I think sin is sin because it's damaging. Now, does that mean that, well, I have examined this from all angles, and I see no way that this could be damaging to me. Therefore, it's okay for me to do it. Is that an okay thought process? No. No. I mean, it's a logical thought process. Sure, and everybody did. I think that's how most people think morally. Logically? Yeah. Yeah. I think most people look at a situation and think, I mean, if I hit that button, somebody's going to die, but what are the odds it's going to be my, somebody I know? Yeah. And maybe it's not even really, you know, we need, the the population needs to go down anyway. Does it? I'm going to hit that button a billion times, you know? Somebody... You know, and think of all the good things I could do with that million dollars. I, can, I could probably save more lives than I sacrificed. If I take that money and then I use it to like feed poor people or give health care to someone. Or, That's a good call. Yeah, but your tuition's only a tiny little part of that million dollars. You can take the rest of it and do something incredible. Get somebody a heart operation that needs it so they don't die. So then, you know, that's a wash, right? If I save two people then I've actually done something good for the world because I only killed one. See, down that way lies really stupid thinking. No, down that road, that right there is why they say the road to hell is paved with good intentions because we always do that calculus every time we make a choice about sin. We're, we're try, we, we make a decision well, you know, I mean, uh, which is why God makes rules. Because God says, trust me on this. I understand you better than you do. And that's not a good idea. You might say, well, I, mean, I, can get, I can get away with it. You know, if we just have sex one time, as if that ever happened. Let me, let me tell you the truth. 
If you ever have sex with someone once, you're going to have sex with them again. Really? Probably. If you're in an actual relationship with them, there's never... If you're in a relationship with somebody and it's just like, let's just, let's just have sex one time. I had a friend who... <laughs> and I don't know if... I don't remember if it was him or if, it was, or if he was giving me this story secondhand, but he and his fiance were making out, you know? And they're like three weeks from the wedding and they're thinking, ah, what could it hurt? Right, and then they were in Bible school, and so of course they, of course they put it on God, and they're like, "Lord, if we're not supposed to have sex, then have somebody, have somebody call us right now, and then we'll know what we're not supposed to." Is that is that okay? No. Is that right? No, that is completely wrong. That is completely wrong. But you know what? Do I do you know what I say to like every couple that I do premarital counseling with? Every single one, I tell them, look. If the temptation is just getting too bad, call me and I will come over and sign the marriage license and perform the ceremony and we'll just, (laughs) (laughs) like, for real. Like, let's just not make this an issue. Wait, can't you do that, though? Yeah, I can. Yeah, because they what you need, like, the potion to... In Indiana, I don't even need witnesses. Oh, you don't? No. Dang. No one has yet taken me up on that offer. (laughs) I don't know. I I think I would have. I think I would be like, here's I got the marriage license right here. I'd be like, yeah, that's a really good because you can just say yes. Right. (laughs) We'll have the wedding light. You would would. We'll just get you married. Go. You're going to get married anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can do the whole ceremony thing later. I won't say a word. Are we talking about sex? Yes. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. I know. <laughs> 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 to piggyback off what you said, if anybody remembers, scientifically proven, our generation, Gen Z, is having the least amount of sex. That's true. Yeah. And I feel as though it's like all those STD scares is like really good. Absolutely. Out. Well, there's a whole lot. There's oh, a whole. Yes. Who's paying for it, though? A lot of people are paying for it. I don't know. Oh, why? Who just has spare money to spend on that? P- guys have money. Dash, guys like... have money to spend on porn. Yeah. Okay. I, I never understood why people bought it. Something like ninety percent of guys your age regularly look at pornography. Yeah, but why are they really buying? Really and the other ten percent are probably lying. It's just real. It's free though. They're just buying it. Well, I, the OnlyFans, I, I know. I don't know how it works. For that, I think it's the, uh, like the personalization of it. Yeah. Like, oh, she's only sending this to me. I feel special is what it is. Like, it's filling that void. Still weird. I agree that it's weird. It is. But the, okay, so pornography is another perfect example of what I'm talking about. If you really think, now we have the science to back this up now, that pornography literally destroys your brain. Okay, I mean, it literally rots your brain. It does horrible things for your mind. Um, but if you really, but I didn't, we didn't need that. We didn't need the scientific evidence to tell us that this was a bad idea. This is a bad idea. You are dehumanizing this individual. You are making them an object for which I paid. Therefore, I control it. Therefore, they are no longer a person. I could just as easily kill this person on my phone as I could find sexual gratification with them. 
and we have decoupled what is meant to be true intimacy, etc., from actual intimacy with a human being, with another person. We have taken these two things. We have we've cut sex right down the middle. And we've said, you can have this part and you don't have to worry about that part. That is not okay. It is hugely damaging to the human soul. It just is. And I don't have to have the scientific... I have seen it with my eyes. I, I know of two separate individuals who followed the pathway of porn all the way to molesting a child. Two. And that's in my life. Okay? That's, I realize that's anecdotal evidence and blah, 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 blah. I get that. Wait, but but it's true. Admit that to you? No, they got caught. Oh, wow. They got caught and they got sent to jail. Put on the sex offender registry for the rest of their lives. And that's two that you know. And there's that's two that I know. That's crazy. Is that going to be true for most people? No. That's not, how, that's not what happens with most people that look at porn. No. But that should give us a clue as to what this is doing to us. It should wake us up to the reality that this thing is really bad for you. And it's not... See, when I was a, when I was a teenager and, and, you know... It was all about like this guilt thing and like, oh, I've sinned against God and all this kind of stuff. And that never did anything to help me stay away from it. Just didn't. We get right down to the, to the moment that I was going to go look at pornography or something. It didn't stop me. It didn't even give me pause. Made me feel bad later. But it didn't give me pause in the moment. The thing that shifted me was as I began to understand what this part of my life is really for. Yep. Did you guys ever talk about this podcast? Or? No, I just, no. It just made me think of it. It was the, the Moral Revolution podcast. It was just about men and masturbation, mm -hmm. is what it was. Yeah. And it was talking about, you know, it's, it's uh, one of the guys, his big thing is like, you know, porn's not necessarily the problem it's a solution it's just the poorest solution that you could be choosing right. for what the actual problem is and then he also talked about um how he had to stop looking at it from a oh this is bad i'm going to stop doing it to a this is not helpful for where i am and right. what i want to be yeah so that's exactly that's exactly what we've been talking about this is when we when we look on when we look at this as a legal question it we're it, we're never going to make any progress in that, which is why I never use the word sin. I just, I don't think it's a helpful word. But when I start thinking about what is this doing in my life? How am I being formed by this practice? And I realize it is making me a horrible human being. <laughs> it is a lot easier for me to make some different choices around it. You know, I, I can begin to say, you know, and to feel good about making a different choice not to just feel the absence of guilt. Does that make sense? 
So we, we've got to reframe the way we think about everything connected with sexuality. We just absolutely do. And what the enemy did was the enemy gave us these frames. The enemy is the one who reframed sexuality in the first place and made it something other than it was. He twisted our understanding of what this part of us was meant to accomplish. This is, you know, we, we were created to love and to be loved. This is what we were created to do. Love people and love God. This is why we exist. And there is one, one place, one form of love, which is more intimate and more, more deeply connected than any other form. And the expression of that form of love that we share with a spouse is this, is this sexual intimacy, which is meant to deepen that connection to each other. We have the scientific proof for that, that when you have sex with a, with a person, there are chemicals released in the brain that bond you to that person. Is it dopamine? I don't remember. I heard of that chemical, dopamine. Well, dopamine is, is a great chemical, but it does a lot of other things. But there are specific bonding chemicals that are released in the brain during a sexual encounter with a person that, that pair bond you with them, makes you connected to them in a deep way. That's, why, that's what Paul's talking about when he, when he says, you know, you, you've become one with this person. You know, there is, there is a deep connection that is created that is much more than just physical. goes way beyond physicality. See, my, my, my atheist friend doesn't really believe in anything other than physicality. He believes in a, mecha- a mechanical universe. And it is a mechanical universe, but it's also a spiritual universe. See, I believe in an invisible world and, and on, next to a, uh, right up next to and intertwined with, with a visible one. And we are connected more deeply than we know when we engage in sex. And it... To treat this thing casually is just a huge mistake. It's a huge mistake. It robs it of its true purpose, and it employs the power of this thing to bring destruction into our lives. Destruction that will go on possibly for the rest of our lives. When I talk to my boys, I have a 21 and 20-year-old at home. When I talk to them about sex... This is how we talk. You're a smart kid. And I want you to think about all the things that could happen. Just the, just the simple, we won't even get to the moral, we won't even get to the emotional yet. Let's start here. What good can come of this? A few minutes of excitement and pleasure. But what bad can come of it? There's a long list. Long, 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 long list. Is it worth it? The answer is no. The answer is no. So wake up and use your head. Yeah. Yeah, is that right? 
you making a lot of sense? I was looking for something, but I can't find it. I, from a page that I follow. It's I, called Fight the New Drug. And it's just, they rally up against porn. And um, they, like, raise awareness to the fact that it, it affects you more than, like you were saying, physically. It's more than just that. And so I was trying to find a post to post it, but I couldn't find it. They had some percentages and stuff on it. Yeah. It's out there. Mm -hmm. The information is out there everywhere. Yeah. It is a for real thing. that This is not okay. Mm -hmm. And there's a bunch of sex doctors and relationship things. The idea of bringing pornography into your relationship with your spouse blows my mind. Uh, people do it. Ooh, I don't get it. I just, what? How in the world can that be good? I, um. The titles be crazy, though. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. The titles be so weird. I don't understand how somebody could read the title and then watch the video. You know? like, um, And lots of it has to do with like underage people. You know? Mm -hmm. They'd be like barely 18-year-old. Or, you know? And it's crazy. And it'd have so many likes. I'm like, y'all are wild. Yeah, I've seen worse than that, but... Oh, yeah. The titles are crazy. Uh, I watched this video the other day. It was like a podcast-style video, and they are talking about the toxicity within purity culture and within, like, the worldly view of the purity culture, and, like, it was really good. They were talking about how, like, extensive purity culture is degrading but also extensive like worldly view on sex and purity is also degrading right it was, it was really good. have we said the word purity even one time today yeah. no. no you want to know why because oh, i don't think yeah uh, other than that <laughs> i would i'm just saying I, yeah. we can talk about sex in a real way that actually is wise without making anyone feel like they have been defiled or mm -hmm are disgusting or what that I'm not here to make anybody feel guilty. I'm here to, I'm here to help you to think more deeply about sexuality. That's all I'm interested in. I wanted to do a sermon series at our church. We were going to put signs up all over the neighborhood. It's just called let's talk about sex, baby. Um, and uh, we didn't, we didn't do that yet, but it's coming. Seriously, though, if the church doesn't know how to talk about sex, the world is. You know, I've never been to church and they, like, actually talked about sex before. Other than, like, they were, like, saying stuff about, like, homosexuality, but they never, like, get into actual sex. You know? See, that's a huge problem. What? Why are we so scared? That's a huge problem. We did, uh, when I was still a pastor on staff here, we did a sermon series on Proverbs. And, uh, and um, we took each of the themes. There's like five or six rep repetitive themes throughout the Proverbs. And one of them is, uh, is inappropriate sexuality. And it, uh, the, uh, the, the, the title of the series was A Road Trip Through Proverbs. And so each one was like something you'd see on a road trip. And mine was a sign that said dangerous curves. <laughs> 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 I got a little bit. 
right? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, you, they always gave me the sex sermons. And they're like, well, you're the youth guy. This is for Sunday? Or yeah, it was Sunday morning. <laughs> I was like, why do I always get the sex sermons? Can't somebody make Pastor Becky do the sex sermon? Let's have the woman do a sex sermon. She would have done a great job. But that was the thing is, and I had a bunch of people say to me, you know, we don't ever really talk about sex. I think on, like, because I know my time and needs and stuff, like, it was talked about, but I think on, like, a, a Sunday service, like, main service, I think there's a little bit of fear within that. But of course like, there is. There's willingness to do it on a Wednesday night, which I just don't see the difference. If you're willing to do it yeah. for a group of six to six graders to seniors, why aren't you? When I got hired, of, yeah. Well, part of that is there might be kids in the service. And, yeah. So you need to let people know, hey, next week we're going to be talking about this. But when I got hired as the youth pastor of this church, they already had planned the month of September as uh, for the youth group as a we, we were going to talk about sex that month. They called it Sextember, which was the stupidest name ever in the history of anything, but... I was so mad. I was like, you want me to preach a sermon series called September? I'm not okay with this. I am not okay with this. Rocktober, we can do that, but not September. (laughs) Anyway, so my first sermon as a full-time minister, as a youth pastor in this church, was (coughs) entitled, God Likes Sex. I'm sure he does. He invented it. It's beautiful. (laughs) God invented this thing. And I, I just wanted to stay as far away from the, like, from the sex is gross mistake that we make. And that's kind of, that's what we're, like talking about in girls group this year is like breaking down the stereotypes that go along with sex. Yeah. Well, and masculinity and femininity, but we're not going to talk about toxic masculinity today. We don't have any more time. (laughs) No, toxic masculinity. Every year, every year we spend some time on toxic masculinity, but, and I think it's a good idea, but it's 1230. And so we're done. You guys good? If you, if you, if you, seriously though, if you want to have a conversation about this with me, I'm available. All right. Uh, Toxic masculinity? Whatever, really. Whatever. But specifically around sex and around the, the issues surrounding sex, you have my number. Reach out to me. I promise I will not embarrass anybody. (laughs) I've been having this conversation for a long time with a lot of people, um, from young young people to old people. That I don't want to think about your sex life. You're 80 years old. Wow. (laughs) We live in the age of Viagra, my friends. Uh, 